We're launching today a three-week series. It's called Authentic Faith. Turn to your neighbour and say, Authentic Faith. Put it in the chat. Those of you who are watching online, uh, Authentic Faith. If you couldn't be with us uh, in Melbourne or the sunny coast today, maybe you're battling some kind of sickness. We're praying for you. We pray regularly for everyone who's part of our church family. We're believing for God's encouragement and His strength and His healing to be with you today. So I pray today as you're joining with us, uh, you'll capture some authentic faith in your life. Uh, over these next three weeks, uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what faith is. We're going to talk about what faith looks like when when uh, your prayers don't seem to be getting answered. We're going to talk about what faith is that moves the hand of God. We're going to we're going to encourage ourselves around perseverance in faith. And so today, as I introduce the topic, I want to talk about three types of faith. Okay. Three types of faith. If you're a note taker, you can write these three types of faith down at the beginning of the message. We know that you're going to get an, ever, an extra spot in heaven, extra rewards, all the note takers. Okay, we know that's true. All right, so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down saving faith. Saving faith. Oh, and there's some, some really switched on people who are just repeating it back to me. So let's just try that. Everyone together, say saving faith. All right, that's one type of faith. Then there's the gift of faith. Say the gift of faith. The gift of faith. And then there is faith as a muscle. Come on, all right. Faith as a muscle. Three types of faith that I'm going to talk about today. There's saving faith. There's the gift of faith. And faith is a muscle. I'm going to spend most of my time on the third one, but I want to give us a bit of a Bible overview around the world of faith. So faith looks like this. Uh, the, the first type of faith we have in the, is what the Bible calls saving faith. It's, it's the faith that we have, like Jill shared with us here on the Sunshine Coast, and in terms of the moment when someone connects to Christ, puts our faith in Jesus as our Saviour for the forgiveness of our sins, paid a price that we couldn't pay for ourselves, and makes us right with God. That's saving faith. Romans 3.22 says this, the right, that this righteousness is given, how? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Romans 3 verse 28 says this, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. What that's basically saying is there's nothing you and I can do to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do in terms of good or bad that will make us right with God by our achievements or our works. It's faith in Christ and His price on the cross alone that makes us right with God. That's saving faith. Okay, and so today, if you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with God, if you're, if you're not certain that you're going to spend eternity with Christ in heaven when you die, if there's no assurance in your heart that you're right with God, you can pray a prayer at the end of this service, putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And in an instant, not because you lined up 25 things to do to earn your salvation, but in an instant, if you put your faith in Christ, you can be made right with Christ, and that is saving faith. And there will be an opportunity to do that at the end of the service. When you, when you have saving faith, which is a gift from God, and you believe in your heart that Christ is the Son of God, died on a cross for us, rose from the dead for, for us, and you confess it with your mouth, then you're saved and you become part of the family of the faith. The faith. 
See, when I'm talking to you about, uh, you know, I'm a person of faith, I'm talking about the faith of Christianity. And so Paul wrote, and so many times this expression, uh, the faith came through, Acts 6 verse 7. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So if someone's asking, well, what, what, what faith do you believe? You're, you're a Christian. In the New Testament, they're a follower of the way, the way of Jesus. And that would mean that we're following the faith. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. So being a Christian, it's not for the faint-hearted. Being a Christian is not for the wishy-washy. Being a Christian is for some people who have got some strength. There will come moments when your faith is tested. There will come moments where your trust in Christ, uh, you know, experiences some knocks. There'll be setbacks. There'll be moments where we feel like God's a million miles away, where we're persecuted, where we face troubles, where we face trials. And in that moment, Paul writes and says, be on your guard, stand firm in in the faith, be courageous and be strong. That's the faith. Believe in Christ. Live holy. Live a life that honours Him. Don't uh, let your faith be shipwrecked, but stay in the faith. Turn to your neighbour and say, the faith. So your saving faith gets you into the faith. You're a follower of Christ. All right, just, I'm, I'm doing, it's, it's teaching pastor right now. I'll get to the preaching pastor soon. All right. So that's the faith. So that's saving faith. Then we have the gift of faith. The gift of faith is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are talked about in Corinthians. There's a range of different gifts, power gifts, speaking gifts, discernment or understanding gifts, gift of prophecy, gift of wisdom, uh, gift of tongues, gift of interpretation of tongues. And one of the gifts that, that come with the Holy Spirit when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit is the gift of faith. And some people have this greater level of faith to believe for the impossible, or it will come upon you in a moment exactly when you need it. That's the gift of faith. That's not so much what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today and what we're really going to launch into over these next few weeks as we talk about authentic faith is faith as a muscle. Faith as a muscle. See, faith, when it's used in this sense, is for the supernatural. Faith is, is believing God for impossible things. For someone who doesn't know God, who's far from God, to, to connect with Him, maybe a loved one you're praying for, praying for, that takes a miracle and that is a work of the Holy Spirit. That's supernatural. As a kid growing up in church, I, I always heard stories about the supernatural. You read the, you read the Bible and the Bible is a book of supernatural stories. Of, 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 you know, KFC coming from heaven. That's his fasting language. Of quail coming from heaven. Of the, of the, the, uh, the Red Sea opening up before people. Of, of Jesus multiplying fish and bread. I'm going to talk about all the food miracles today. Uh, turning water into wine. All the good ones, all right. So you read the Bible and the Bible is laced with supernatural stories. God who's above the natural impossible things uh, interplays into the lives of you and I in a supernatural way. So this, is, so this is the life of faith. 
the life of faith. As a kid, I heard all the stories, but my first experience with something supernatural really was, I would have been maybe five or six years old. My family went to a conference, much like our powerhouse conference, where there was an expectation for the miraculous. A, a preacher by the name of Derek Prince was preaching. And he, at the end of the service, he lined people up and he prayed for them for healing. And my brother had his, uh, one leg was about this much shorter than the other, a few inches shorter than the other. It caused him to, to walk uh, and be uncoordinated and not be able to play sport or do a range of different things. And when he went up the front, uh, Derek Prince prayed for him and his leg grew out. See, if you're short, you want your leg to grow out. If you're tall, you don't mind which one grows. But, but for him, he, he was happy for his leg to grow out and his leg grew out. And the reason I can remember this is I, I sat, I laid in our bunk bed where we were staying that night. He was on the top bunk and I can just remember him praying most of the night in tongues. And he must have been 12 or 13 years old. But he'd heard when you get a miracle, if you want to keep a miracle, you've got to get filled with the Holy Spirit and keep praying in tongues. And so I experienced for myself, not just a Bible story of the supernatural, but an actual supernatural experience. I, I witnessed it firsthand. That was the beginning for me of supernatural moments and experiences in my life that the Bible tells us would be normal for followers of the faith. Okay, those of us who are part of the faith. And so supernatural things are things like radical salvations. There's some, there's some people you just cannot talk into becoming a Christian. It has to be a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. That's the way God's going to bring that prodigal daughter back, that prodigal son back. It will be supernatural. Okay. And faith is for the supernatural. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's someone you're believing for who, who's, who's hooked on drugs, got some kind of addiction, a gambling addiction, some kind of sexual addiction some kind of alcoholic addiction, some compulsive behavior, and they need to be delivered supernaturally. Well, faith is what activates the supernatural. Maybe it's for a physical healing in your body or someone you, you love, emotional healing from anxiety or depression. Or maybe it's for financial provision or a breakthrough for your world or for your business. These are things that faith activates the supernatural in our worlds. Faith activates Faith moves God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So here's how faith works. Faith works that I believe that God's real and because I believe that He's real and because I believe that He answers prayer, then I go after certain things, the supernatural activity that I need to happen in my life and my friend's life and my family's life and my church's life. I, I diligently pursue Him because I know He's a rewarder of those who diligently pursue Him. So I activate my faith. That's how God works. Many, many times you read where Jesus did miracles and he would say, it's because of your faith that you've just received a healing. It's because of your faith. He says to a woman who touched the hem of his garment and she, was, she, had, uh, she had internal bleeding for 12 years that doctors couldn't fix. She touched the hem of her, his garment with faith in her heart. Jesus didn't even pray for her. And this is what he said. He turned to her and said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. 
And the woman was healed at that moment. You go, was it her, wasn't it the power of God that was on Jesus that healed her? Yes, it was, but it was her faith that pulled the power of God into her situation and her circumstance. Paul saw a young man when he was preaching and he said he recognized that he had faith to be healed. And that faith was like a magnet that pulled a miracle out of the atmosphere. That's what faith does. It pulls miracles out of God. Supernatural activity comes from God when we activate our faith. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 says this, Then he touched their eyes, two, two blind men on the side of the road, reached out to Jesus. They cried out for Jesus to heal them. And this is what he said. He touched their eyes and he said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. Faith pulled a miracle out of Jesus. This is how faith works, Melbourne people. This is how faith works, those of us watching online, those of us in the room. Faith moves God. Faith is a, a confident kind of expectation. Uh, this, if I was to define faith in my own words, I would say a confident expectation that God is going to do something supernatural. Not a hopeful expectation, a confident expectation. So I, I don't know about you. Let's be honest here. Come on, honest moment. And of course I will be because I'm the pastor and I'm preaching from the Word of God. But there's multiple moments when I'll pray and I'll ask God for something and I, my words are asking for something, but I don't have a confident expectation that what I'm asking for is going to happen. Come on, who, who can relate to that? Because if we're, we're honest, we're hoping God's going to answer it. And hope is not what moves God. Need is not what moves God. What moves God is faith. Jesus is like, it is like a magnet that draws him to us to move on our behalf. So faith is a confident expectation. Uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. That's a person, that's, that, that's someone going, I'm believing God uh, for the salvation of my, my daughter who's been away from Christ for, for many years. And I'm, you start by hoping, but there comes a moment where hope becomes a faith like a seed. And when that seed comes into your heart, then you develop it like a muscle. That's what I'm going to talk about in a moment. But it comes to you. And so you start by going, oh, would it be so good if, you would, if they would come to you, Jesus? It starts with that kind of prayer. I really want them to, but they're so far away. And there's, I, oh, I can see all the reasons it's not going to happen, all the natural reasons. But I'm asking you anyway. And what happens is from the journey of asking to receiving an answer from God, God puts a seed in your heart of an answer. And what happens is eventually if you pursue developing the muscle of faith, that faith becomes a confident expectation. This is going to happen. That word, a substance, literally means a title deed. So it'd be like me going, uh, you know, I'd really love that house. I really want that house. I really want that house. I, I, that's my house. That's my house. I, it's not really my house until I've got the title deed, right? But when I've got the title deed, even if there's someone living in it, it's now mine. And now I've got a confidence that that house is mine. 
and I'm going to go and kick some people out who are living in my house because it's my house. That's what faith does. Faith gets something from God on the inside and the enemy is like squatting in your house. He's squatting in your healing. He's squatting in your breakthrough. He's squatting in the turnaround. He's squatting in the provision. It's like he's illegally staying in your house. But once you've got substance on the inside, then you can go and give me my land. Get out of my house. I'm taking the ground back. The violent, the kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent take it by force. So this is faith. Is a, it's an active expectation. I think probably one of the, the living examples of faith around my life is my dog, Rocket. He, he, is, he is Mr. Faith. I'll tell you why he's Mr. Faith. Because anytime we put our sneakers on, he thinks we're going for a walk and he just runs psycho to the door. We're going, he's like, I, I see a sign, I, I'm there. If I, if I go downstairs and, and make some sort of meal, and the moment I open the fridge door, doesn't matter where he is in the house, he hears that fridge door opening, he hears the little rustle of paper, and he's just flying down and bouncing at our feet, about to go on, the, about, and then I'll just go sit on the mat. He goes flying to the mat. He sits on the mat. We'll throw him a little bit of chicken. Why? Because he has a confident expectation. Every time that dad's going to that fridge, there's a pretty good possibility that I'm going to be rewarded. And he is a diligent seeker of that moment. Let me tell you, he's, that's right, Gemma. I know he's your dog, but he's ours at the moment. So he's a, he's a diligent seeker. And that's what faith is. Faith senses that there's going to be a conference and there's going to be an atmosphere of, of power and something's going to happen. And so... I'm there. Something's going to happen. This is the moment of breakthrough. Why? Because there's an expectation, a confident expectation. Now, the problem will be, and we'll chat more about this next week, is over a period of time, if you believe for something, but it doesn't happen, and you believe for something and it doesn't happen, our faith can get undermined. So I want to talk about three, three things that Jesus did, because Jesus talked about this a lot. First of all, I want us to understand that the absence of faith is what Jesus called unbelief. The absence of faith. So Jesus went back to where he grew up in his childhood, and it said, this is what it said in Matthew 30, 13, 58, and he could, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Uh, one version of the Bible says he could not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. There was, there was no honor for who Jesus was. There was no confident expectation that the Son of God was here. And although he was doing miracles everywhere else, he did not do them in this place. Why? Because there was an atmosphere of unbelief. Now, I've preached in different churches in different places. Here's one thing I just want to encourage us in church. When visiting preachers come to this house, C3 Powerhouse, they always say there's an atmosphere of faith here. I preach better. There's miracles. There's an expectation. I see God flow. I love that. That's, that's not by accident. That's a deliberate choice by a group of people who live front-footed with expectation. 
but I've been to places and I've, I've sensed faith and life and, and, and the flow of the Holy Spirit and the power of God and miracles have happened. Then I've been to other places and exactly the same Holy Spirit, exactly the same gift of God in my life, but I walk into there, but the place does not expect the miraculous or the supernatural. And because they don't expect the miraculous or the supernatural, it's like it's locked up inside of me. So unbelief, Jesus talked about it. When the, when the disciples tried to pray for a little boy who was having seizures, getting thrown into a fire, and they couldn't heal him, they came and asked this question, why couldn't we heal him? And Jesus answered them. He, he, didn't, he didn't sort of give them, okay, well, guys, I really love, it wasn't like the sandwich technique. It wasn't, I really love your enthusiasm, love your passion, uh, you know, and, and I've really been loving hanging out with you for the last few years. It's been, he didn't do that. He just said, the reason is your unbelief. The reason you could not cast that demon out of that boy is because of your unbelief, the absence of faith. And I wonder if we were honest and said, and we brought our request to God sometimes, and we said, Lord, why have I not seen this happen? If he might not just answer them straight back and go, oh, unbelief. And like, not in a condemning way, just in a, this is the facts. That hasn't happened yet because you don't have faith for it. That miracle you're believing for hasn't, hasn't been released in your life. That person you've been praying. Now, here's, here's what I believe. Okay, I believe that there's, there are kairos moments in God that you can't speed up. And so it's a timing matter. But I also believe that there's a fulfillment of the, the word of faith in our heart and life where our, where our faith is, comes to its maximum moment. And that's when the miracle's released. And do I know exactly when, those, when, when one's a timing issue and when's one just my faith is activated? No, I don't. And it frustrates me, but that's just life. So, the question, so, so, this is it. so that's unbelief, if he said unbelief. Now, if there's unbelief, then there's great faith. Twice, Jesus encountered two people who, who asked him for a miracle. One was a centurion and said, you don't even need to come to my house. Just send the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, he's got great faith. I haven't seen faith like that anywhere. And then another woman, a Syrophoenician woman, she comes to Jesus and, and also uh, pulls out through persistence for a miracle. And he says, you've got great faith. All right, so you can have unbelief. And you can have great faith. And when your faith gets developed, that's when you attract God moving supernaturally. You can also have little faith. Turn your neighbor and say little faith. Come on, write it in the, write it in the chat right now. Little faith. Little faith. Six times in the Gospels, Jesus turned to his disciples and he chided them. He didn't, he didn't get angry at them. He just chided them. He goes, come on, guys, you have little faith. Jesus is asleep in his boat, and they're all freaking out because a big storm came. They thought we were all going to die. And as he's, as he's in the boat, they wake him up. He stands up and rebukes the storm. It's obviously a demonic storm. He rebukes the storm. It stops. And Jesus says in verse 26 of Matthew 8, you of little faith. Why were you so afraid? Well, I get why they were afraid. There's a freaking massive big storm going and they thought they were going to drown. I, I understand why they were afraid. Come on, let's be real. But Jesus, he's, he's trying to pull them up to a life of the expectation of the supernatural. 
And so he's, guys, he's like, guys, you didn't need to wake me up. You could have spoken to the storm, ye of little faith. You've got some faith, but it's underdeveloped. Come on, you've got some faith, but it's underdeveloped. Six times, Peter walked on water. Come on, I'd say that's great faith. Then he began to sink. Jesus pulls him in the boat and goes, why did you sink, you of little faith? I mean, oh my gosh. That's a, that's a tough day. I would have been like, man, but I, but I walked on water for a little while. That was great faith. Let's focus on the great faith. And he goes, no, you could have stayed walking on the water. What was the issue that caused you to sink? You got your eyes off Jesus. You got fearful because there was a storm because we all know that if there's a storm, you can't walk on water. But if there's not, you're good. No, he just, he just began to sink. And Jesus, he was, he was pulling him up. When I was 13 years old and I'd moved to Toowoomba, I, I began to hang around with some guys that had some, some significant muscles. And I would look in the mirror and it wouldn't be a match to the guys with significant muscles. And I realized, uh, and I began to learn how to bench press. And this is, this is, this is we didn't have a lot of money, so I, my dad had a crowbar. I got, two, I got a board of wood and I sat it on some Besser blocks and I got a crowbar and I put some Besser blocks on either side of the crowbar to start to learn how to do bench press. Come on, all the, all the bench press gurus, give me a wave here today. Come on, give us a wave. Oh, come on, Melbourne. I know you're there. I reckon, I reckon Ben Owen's like probably the bench press guru. And I, I began and when I started, I could barely move anything. So what I had to do, I, I, had, I had muscle. There was muscle. There was no, no, it wasn't unbelief. There was not no muscle. I had some muscle. It was just ye of little muscle. And I wanted to be he of great muscle. All right? That's what I wanted to be. But here's the deal. It's a, when, when Jesus says, you've got little faith, he's not saying you're loser. He's just saying, come on, you've got underdeveloped faith. It's not developed yet. I want you to develop your faith. And so, so I began just, I would get out there every day. And here's, here's how your muscle grows. Your muscle grows through weight, pressure that's hard, that you repetitively lift. And you do that every day. And you take that pressure and you lie on your back and you put your Besser blocks on and you, you get the crowbar. And actually, I just started with the crowbar. Let's be real. And you get the crowbar and you push that thing up, and you push that thing up, and you push that thing up, and, and before you, and you know, we all know 13-year-old young guys straight back in front of the mirror. <sighs> is, anything, is anything happening there yet? You're just hoping something's going on, but it's not, yet, it's not yet happening. You're hoping it is, but here's the deal. If you keep doing that day after day after day, that resistance that you feel, that soreness that you get is your muscles tearing and growing and then go and growing again. If you feed it the right stuff, get protein and things going on, you'll find that you'll tear the muscle and you'll, you'll build the muscle. Tear the muscle, build the muscle. Tear. And after a while, in, you know, one month later, you're, you're, you're lifting an extra five kilograms. And then another month later, you're lifting another, another five kilograms. And your literal faith, is growing and increasing in its capacity, your muscle. This is what faith's like. 
all ye of little faith. So the starting place is to go, I'm believing for this to happen, but I'm going to be real with myself. I've got little faith about that. That's why I love the father of the boy who, of the boy who, was, uh, who was, had seizures that the disciples couldn't heal him. He said, Jesus, oh, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. He's like, this is my starting place. And the starting place of building faith that pulls God into your circumstances, faith that moves the hand of God where you want Him to move in your life, the starting place is, well, let's just do a faith test right now, you know, plug in the, bat, the battery thing and go, oh, oh, I'm 10%. And I'm not going to see God move until I really develop that faith up until the 80% kind of mark. It's not going to work for me. Every now and then, God and His kindness will randomly override, but usually He responds to faith. This is the nature of God. So this is what you've got to do. Be honest. Go, all right. I really, I've got, I want to believe for purpose. I want to believe that I'm going to break through from depression. I want to believe that, that all these people in my work are going to get saved. I want to believe that, that this particular family member is going to be delivered. I want to believe for my healing. I want to believe for the healing of a friend. I want to believe for financial provision. Here's how it works. You've just got to start and go, well, I don't have it yet, but if I can get a word from God, and then begin to push on the resistance of the problem, I can grow my faith muscle. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So all I need is God to speak to me. That's a seed that goes into my heart. Then I've got to cultivate that seed until it becomes its fruition. All you need, all you need and here's the deal. It's just a matter of, okay, I wake up this morning. I learned this in my business 30 years ago. I just thought if God gave a promise, it was automatically going to happen. That's not how it works. If God gives a promise, He's looking to develop your faith muscle to fulfill, to work with Him. He wants to partner with you for that to come. And so this is the way I just would go to my business early in the morning and I'd walk up and down and say, God, my business sucks. Things are going terribly. We're losing money, but you gave me a promise. And this was, and I would speak the promise, the Word of God. This is the promise you gave me. So I'm beginning to speak your promise. I'm beginning to speak your promise. I'm beginning to speak your promise. I, I feel I'm not lifting very much weight right now, God, but I'm speaking your promise. I'm, you said that you'll have a double portion instead of shame and humiliation. So that's, I'm just going to lift that scripture right now. I'm going to declare that. And as I declare it, it's like, man, this feels so heavy. This feels impossible. This feels like nothing's shifting. This feels like everything's against me. That's how you build your faith muscle, through pushing through resistance. That's why believers have got to have some on the inside to overcome. Not like, oh God, would you just do it all for me? No, overcome. I reckon you can get that kind of faith just by starting where you are and be, begin to declare the promises of God. How do you grow your faith then? How do you take little faith and get it to great faith? Three simple things. One, we're doing it right now, prayer and fasting. Just prayer and fasting. Fasting shrivels back your flesh and gets your spirit growing and gets you focused on God. Who wants their, their flesh to shrivel back? Come on, somebody. That's probably a better way to say that. Fasting, fasting. You know, hey, oh, let, let me, you might be here today. And you're like, oh, I missed the whole memo. The church is fasting. 
That's all right. Why don't you join us for a 14-day fast? Start tomorrow. Get on to the Daniel fast. Start, get, cut something out of your life that gets your attention and makes you turn to God in prayer. And together, get to an early morning prayer meeting. Get to, get to a night prayer meeting. Come on, Melbourne, cut, turn up and, and pray together. So fasting and praying is the first way you take little faith and you make it great faith. The second way, real quickly, is you speak the Word of God. So if faith comes by hearing the Word of God, so God's given a promise to me, then every time I speak it, I'm hearing it. That's how faith comes. I speak it again. I hear it. You speak it again. Okay, Lord, you said this promise over my life. I speak it. I'm saying it again. The third thing is you begin to visualize. You're like, okay, God, I'm, I'm doing my weights. I'm declaring this promise, I'm, and I'm beginning to activate my imagination because fear will activate your imagination. Anxiety will activate your imagination of the worst possible scenario. So believers who are faith people, we activate our imagination. We begin to go. So when, when what God says happens, it's going to look like this. When God says, and we lock our focus in on that, and as we lock our focus and our imagination in on that, God uses the process of your imagining and my imagining to bring those things into reality. This is the God who spoke those things, who speaks those things that are not as though they were. This is who we are. We're that kind of people. We close our eyes together right now. Come on, Melbourne, just close your eyes where you are right now. Those of you online, just close your eyes in the room today. Father, I thank you that you love us, that you've got great plans for us, that you want the best for us. I'm asking right now, without condemnation, without guilt, as we ask the question, how am I going in my faith life? What's happening? Maybe you've written something down on the prayer and fasting card you'd like to happen. But if you're, if you're honest, you're about at 20% of a confident expectation it's going to happen. So come on, you can get that confident expectation up by working with God and His Word. Spirit of God, come on, come on, stir us to declare the promises of God. Stir us to imagine the promises of God being fulfilled. Stir us to declare. Declare these things. You'll feel like a liar, but you'll declare. That's how you'll grow the faith muscle. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand back to you guys in Melbourne. God bless you. Uh, have a fantastic rest of the morning. Keep fasting strong. We love you. God bless.